0: Good morning, City Church, and welcome to week two of our current series at the movies. And for our guests, what we do is every year, we take a month and we look back at some of the more kind of blockbuster or popular movies during that year. We search the movie, we put out a theme, kind of a, a, a strong theme in the movie, and then we turn to the Bible and see what the Bible teaches towards that particular theme. So in the movie Avengers... Right. What you see is the characters, it's all about these characters wanting to go back in time to right or wrong or to reverse a failure. Let's quickly look at a clip. Couldn't stop him. Neither could I. I lost the kid. Tony, we lost. He thinks he failed, which of course he did, but you know, there's a lot of that going around, ain't there? All right. And in that movie part right there, Thor is in a corner and he's, he's, they're, they're all in a room. Thor is in a corner, he's just, uh, his head is down. They're kind of just discombobulated, they're stunned, they're, they're sullen. And somebody he says, what's wrong with Thor? And somebody, another person says, well, well, he thinks he failed. And then the encouraging raccoon says, well, he did fail. <laughs> Listen, they're all wanting, thinking, thinking about the past and how to go back and right these wrongs. Anybody in here, if they could, would like to go back in time and right a wrong? Huh? Like to go, yeah, yeah. That's like the best response I've gotten in years from anything, by the way. (laughs) And and that's what this movie, this is the setting of the movie. They've got to get back in time to reverse a wrong, to make right a failure. Hmm? We, you know, to go back in time, if we could, to change something we did or didn't do. To change something we said or we didn't say, huh? I tend to have more of those. I, 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 as much as I talk, as big as my mouth is, all right, I should have said this or that. Huh? Our family, my family, we have a way of not letting things go. Now, here's the good news. The family I grew up in, and, and I love us, you know, New Yorkers, Sicilians, Italians, crazy, we wouldn't let things go in maybe not such a good way. <laughs> Uh, the me kids, the, me, my kids, and Christy, we we they we tend not to let silly things go. So if somebody says something like makes a mistake and says something wrong, especially if it's in public, this usually is me, by the way. Uh, you know, they 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 won't let me live it down. They keep bringing it up and making fun of it. But sometimes it's just not that simple, and it's not that funny, right? Sometimes that mistake you made, mm, something that you did. Something that happened that you were involved in, you, you, you know, somebody hurt you. you. You might have hurt somebody else. You, you took the wrong action, or you, you, you didn't take any action, right? And, and, and it hurts, and we wish we could go back and change it. One of the ways we help people as a church, we, we advocate for counseling. are people we help, to go to professional counseling, and we contribute to that meaningfully. Uh, we ourselves, as leaders, uh, will counsel people deeply. You know, we, we get in there with them deeply. Uh, we, you know, we have Stephen Ministers here, which is where people are trained now. I don't know, upwards of maybe near 20 people are trained to come alongside somebody once uh, a week just to, to comfort them and, and, and encourage them. And almost all this, you know, these are things that have happened and pains and loss, right? But one of the things I've noticed from counseling thousands, thousands of hours, right? Is that when people are going through emotional difficulty in life, not all, but a lot of their emotional difficulty is that in the midst of all this, they have what I call regrets. They're struggling with these regrets. Sometimes they'll just come out and say it. Sometimes I can just see it and I have to ask questions and try and just to help them be aware. Wow, you know, you're you're settled into this way of regret. Some people are living from regret, carrying it. it. It really so much is how they see themselves and how they're perceiving this world. You know, they're running this constant tape reel in their mind that things should have been different. They should have made it different. They should have made a different choice. They should have made a different decision. That's why their kids have to go through this. That's why they're in this place in life. That's why this has gone on. That's why so-and-so is here and I'm here. That's why I'm doing okay, but I could have been doing great. They're, They're playing this in their mind over and over, huh? It should have turned out better. I wouldn't have had this. I might have had that. I said this. I agreed to do that. Many of us have lived a life, and we know what it is to have a regret. You wish you could go back in time. You wish you could have said something differently. You wish you could have did something differently. And as much as we wish we could go back in time, going back in time is a lot more complicated than we might think, right? It's not only messing our heads, I mean, I think if we actually tried it, it would just get messy, right? I mean, I know it's hard to imagine, but the Avengers, they were trying to do this. They were, really, they were trying to get back into time. Let's show the clip. For an hour, then bring you back in 10 seconds. Make sense? Perfectly not confusing. Good luck, Scott. You got this. You're right. I do, Captain America. Atacana three. Three. Two. One. Uh, guys, this this doesn't feel right. What this? What's that, going on? Is that on. That's Scott? Yes, it's Scott. What is this? Can I get a little space here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring him back? I'm working on it. It's baby. It's Scott. As a baby. He'll grow. Bring Scott back. When I say kill the power, kill the power. Oh, my God. Kill it! Somebody peed my pants. Oh, thank God. I don't know if it was baby me or old me. <laughs> or just me me. Time travel! Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I, I, I wish I could go back in time. Though we really can't go back in time, but time does seem to go through us, right? The older you get, the faster it goes, right? That's for everybody. It's a human phenomenon. You know, that time is kind of moving through us, right? Our, meaning our perception of time changes. We see things different when we're older than we did before. When we were younger. It's like, man, when is Christmas going to come, right? It's, it just seems to take so long. And then we get older, it's like, oh, Christmas is here already, right? It's like you snap your fingers and your kids are grown up. Me and Chrissy are going through this monthly now. Huh? Who's driving? Who's starting, uh, doing going to college? Who's taking an SAT? And who's going to become a teenager, you know, any month now? Who's turning 20? It's like, what happened? Snap your fingers, grandkids, you're retiring. Life goes quickly. And what we don't realize is in all that busyness and moving quickly as we get older and older, that as we're carrying everything in our minds, the memories of this or that, we're also carrying regrets. It just it, it kind of clings on it, and, and it's moving so we just we don't realize that in all that we're carrying these regrets. And here's a truth from the Bible that I want to I want to give to you today. Give you a bunch of truth, but here's the first one: God's love and forgiveness travel time, so you don't have to. You hear that? God's love and forgiveness. Travel back in time so you don't have to. It's called redemption. Redemption. (laughs) Meaning God's love and forgiveness is so powerful that it goes back. Once we know it, once we experience it, once we're enthralled in it, it goes back to all that which we didn't do, could have did, should have done, all that mess and it literally transforms it in here in the future. We see it differently. We feel it differently. Things change the way people see us, the way we see them, that we're attached to circumstances. I am living that out as I'm speaking to you. I'm watching people experience it that are in here today. Do you get what I'm telling you? So it's redemption no other religion, no other faith, and all of humankind has this redemption, right? That God's love and His forgiveness goes back in time and does what we could never have done, and the result we see is Him being glorified in the present. Is that too, like, deep for you, or are you getting me, huh? You can't go back in time you, you know, you, you, can, you, you can try and make up for things we do. We, you, could, you can try and change, but there's only one way for this to happen, and it's in God's economy, in his wonderful and perfect way. This process, what it does is unlike anything you could ever do. Now, we see this in, in the life but it does it, it does revolve realizing the regrets are on you. It re, and it involves taking on God's affirmation and his love. And it involves this thing called confession. I'm going to move all over because I hope it comes out okay this morning. I hope it comes out okay. Listen, in the, in the Bible, there's a man named Jesus. You might, I mean, just a minute, there's, there's Jesus and there's a man named Peter. You might know him as St. Peter. One of Jesus' followers, but not just one of them, maybe perhaps the most talked about, the most known, maybe the kind of the head lead disciple, if you will, right? You see, there's a lot of attention given to Jesus and Peter in the scriptures. Jesus and Peter had this incredible meeting early on in the Bible. Let's show the clip. How did this happen? What did you do? I'm giving you the chance to change your life. Peter. Come with me. Give up catching fish and I will make you a fisher of men. What are we gonna do? Change the world. Change the world. And you know what? They did. Even if you don't believe in Jesus as the Son of God, even if you don't believe in any of these miracles and God's stuff, even if you're an atheist, that they did. And still are, huh? Peter thought, you know, more than anyone else, that Jesus was who he said he was, perhaps. Jesus. Peter would rally and, and say to Jesus, Jesus, I love you I love you more than any of these other disciples. Jesus, even if they all leave you, I'm never going to leave you. And, and you know, Jesus eventually says, you know, Peter, now the truth is actually, Peter, he says one day to him, it's towards the ending of Jesus' time here on earth, he says, Jesus, he says, Peter, you know what? Before the rooster crows three times, You're actually gonna betray me. You're gonna run away from me just as much as everyone else. And you're gonna do it in such a fantastic fashion (laughs) that for the rest of humankind, people are gonna know about it. Yeah, you're gonna abandon me really soon. Like before the new day comes, Peter, you're gonna walk away from me. And then the authorities come and arrest Jesus. They place him on trial for saying who he was, right? He's the son of God. And that was a trial that had a conclusion before it even started. Jesus knew it was going to happen. He came to the earth for this to happen. Outside the trial, but within earshot, perhaps, one of his closest friends, Peter, is listening. Huh? Maybe Peter went there to stick by Jesus, right? Maybe he, he went there to tell people, hey, this was an injustice, right? Maybe he went there to stand for Jesus, I don't know, but I tell you, when he got there, Yeah, he abandons Jesus, right? Maybe like you, you had ambitions, you had intentions, you know? Like Peter, I'm gonna change the world. I'm gonna stand by Jesus. I'm gonna live out my faith in this phenomenal way, right? You had this picture of life and and relationships, and you said to yourself, it's gonna be different, it's going to be well. I'm not going to end up that way. I'm not going to end up this way. We have these goals and these aspirations. We have. We had. And like Peter, man, we just, we're following Jesus. We follow Jesus to change the world, to see God do this great, magnificent work in us. And then Peter, as he's standing outside the trial. Someone comes up to him and says, hey, wait a minute. Aren't you one of his followers? And Peter says, no. I am not one of his followers. Yeah. As if what happened in that boat never took place. I'm it. I'm walking away from it. And thereby walking away from a lot of other things, huh, that were within him. Good things. No, it never happened, huh? And then someone else came over and said, wait a minute. You know? Aren't didn't I see you with him? He says, no. Huh? I wonder if Peter's looking back. If he's thinking as he looks back, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I, I wish I wouldn't have answered that way. Huh? Maybe I, I should have stood by him. Maybe I, 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 I should have said something that, that would have explained who he was. And then someone else comes along and says, no, no, I saw you with him. And Peter doesn't only say no, he curses them. He says, I did not know him. And then the rooster crows three times, and then Peter's words come to him. Huh? And Jesus' words come to him, that you will deny me. And Peter sees I abandon him. And Jesus was crucified on the cross. He did give his life for you, for me, and for Peter. He died for Peter. And Peter has this conversation, these circumstances that he's carrying, and that's a massive amount of regret, is it not? I said this, I should have said that. I did this, I should have did that. I forgot that, I should have remembered this. But it wasn't over for as much as Peter would deny Jesus and as much as Jesus said that Peter would, Jesus also said that he would rise on the third day, and he did, right? He did. Jesus appeared to hundreds of people. This is, a re- this is recorded not only in the Gospels, but in, in literature of antiquity. And one of those persons was Peter, right, and the other disciples. And we're going to read in the Bible today from John chapter 21, and it's, we're going to be going to an encounter, one of these resurrected encounters that Peter has with Jesus, meaning this is after Jesus has been raised from the dead, and he comes into contact with Peter and the other disciples. Now, and what's happening is the other disciples are out there, and they're kind of fishing like they were when Jesus first met them. They haven't caught fish all night, just like what happened there. Somebody from the shore yells out, hey, throw your nets over to the other side of the boat. They're like, they do it, and they're hauling an incredible, incredible amount of fish. And at that point, Peter now says, oh, wow, deja vu, <laughs> you know. And they all say it, John says it, and so they call out, and they realize it's Jesus. Jesus is the one who's at the shore, the resurrected Jesus. And so they, Peter actually, they start rowing back to shore, Peter Man doesn't even wait. He jumps in the water and he swims to get to Jesus as soon as he can. Huh? It's a beautiful picture of Peter going to Jesus now, not away from him. Peter doesn't run away from Jesus. He goes after him. Let's go to John chapter 21, verses 15 through 18. It's one of my favorite parts of Scripture. It really there's just so much here. John chapter 21, verse 15 through 18, it says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter replies, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus and he answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time, he, Jesus, said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him three times, a third time, do you love me? He said, Peter now answers after the third time he was asked, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Verily or very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you did not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, to Peter, follow me. So that's one way to start a conversation, right? Like, let's just get right to it. They sit down. They start deep breakfast. Jesus turns around and says to Peter, hey, by the way, Peter, do you really love me more than these? Boom, Right? Jesus is choosing his words specifically, intentionally. One of them is that word love. In our language, we have the word love. In in this original Greek language, they had had different words to describe love. One of them was this agape love. It It described a sacrificial, a deep sacrificial and unconditional love. And this is what Jesus is saying, right? Saying, Peter, do you sacrificially love me? Do you unconditionally love me with all that you are? And Peter replies, he says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Now, the word that Peter uses is kind of more of a, it's called a phileo love. It's more of like a, a brotherly love, right? And what you're seeing here, and this is, I'm taking a liberty, is that maybe Peter is owning who he now thinks he is. Jesus is here, Peter is here, right? Maybe, maybe what Peter is doing is he's kind of downgrading himself, Right? He knows, wow, yeah, this is what I said. I remember when I said, I love you, and I'll do anything for you, and I love you more. than anybody, yeah, I, what an idiot. Or, or, yeah, I remember that, and I, re- I regret all of this, and, 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 but, I want, but I'm still here, and I want to be with you, and I need you, and, and so this is now where I've classified myself. I'm downgrading myself. I'm putting myself in here where I think I need to be. Listen, we do this. You do this. I do this. We live from this. We interpret what people are saying to us through this. We respond from it. Peter's living in regret. He's seeing himself from his past choices. He's disqualifying his And Jesus responds to Peter's statement of regret and of downgrade. He says, why? He said, feed my lambs. You know what Jesus is what Jesus is telling him right now is this this concept of feeding lambs is, is what a shepherd would do. do. And the, and Jesus throughout the New Testament is really would apply this concept of shepherd and sheep is the shepherd being someone who's very valuable. Jesus himself called himself the good shepherd. So when he's saying this to Peter, Peter is getting it, the others are getting it. Like wow, Jesus is affirming Peter. He's, he, he's, he, Jesus is saying, hey, I've not left where I was when I told you we would change the world. I've not. I've not left where I said that you'd be the rock that this church would be built on, that you and your faith and the faith of those around you that will give their lives to others. I'm right there. I'm still there. Feed my lambs. He's affirming Peter. It's precious, isn't it? Saying, Peter, I still want this life for you. And Jesus says again, Simon, I keeps going. Oh, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter says, Yes, Lord, I love you. Jesus says again, take care of my sheep. And now a third time, he says, Simon, son of John, meaning Peter, do you love me? Now, the Bible says that Peter was hurt. Wow. Because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And Peter's like, come on, really? What are you doing here? I get this. I denied you three times, and now you ask me three times, you're sticking my face in this, man. And it hurts. Peter's not getting what's going on here. You see? He's not hes not getting the affirmation. He's stuck in regret and suffering. It's how he's hearing everything. And the reason why... He, and because he's hurting from that place, he's not seeing that Jesus is helping him. Jesus is taking him to, to something that's gonna change his life, that's gonna show him something. That's gonna show us something. Jesus is helping Peter here. He's not hurting him. Why does Jesus ask him three times? And then, you see, have you ever um, do you ever get one of those, like, when I say a cut, like, one of those, like, man, I grew up in Brooklyn, we, we would get these things, like, weekly. I'm talking, like, one of those, like, not a slice cut, but where you, you, you kind of just hit the pavement, you know, like, one of those, like, burn, take the skin away, and replace it with some other particles into your body, type of a, 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 a cut slash burn. Really, I mean, we, we, we would play, like, ball on concrete. I mean, we, we lived out this, man, you know, like, you'd think we were getting abused or something like that with all the scrapes in there on our body in Brooklyn. But, you know, your kids ever get a cut like that? You know, where it, it, it's, you know, you, uh, you know where you, you know, it's one of those cuts, you know, where you know, the skin is scraped away and, and there's that stuff in there? Oh, road rash. I like that. Okay. Is that what you just call it? Uh, so, you see, the, the worst part of the cut, the most painful thing is not actually when you got it, is it? What's the most painful part of a cut like that? Clean it, clean it when you gotta clean it, right? It's terrible, you know? Because you don't know it's coming when, you, when the cut, it just happens, you're like, oh, shoot, you. Yeah. But then you know, oh no, it's, you're very mindful is mom or you, or anybody come comes to clean it, it's like so much worse, isn't it? Do they still have that sick orange stuff? What do you call it? Oh my God, that was terrible. I, I was dramatic. Right? Screaming, yelling, kicking. <laughs> we, but what, what, you know, why do we go through all that pain? Because you can't have healing unless you clean out the wound, right? It's not going to happen. We don't. We don't want the cut to be cleaned, right? We're like, you know, don't touch it. Don't put that stuff on it. And, and yet if you're a parent you've got to do this, you're like, listen, but i, I got to clean it out. i, I got to get all that stuff out, otherwise it's not going to heal well. Otherwise you're going to have an infection. There's going to be something in there that, that, that's going to come out and it's not going to be well for you, right? And we're like, no, 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 just, just cover it up, right? Just, just put a band-aid on it. Just don't deal with it. It's okay, I'd rather do that than than, than deal with that pain. And Jesus is teaching us something about regret here. Listen, even though you can't go back and change it, God's love and forgiveness goes back for you, right? You got to get this. When you're thinking about the pain, remember this truth. God's love and forgiveness goes back for you. It goes back in time, right? It's called redemption, right? When we come before God, acknowledge who He is, and ask forgiveness and confess sins, we are now participating in redemption. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word confess there in the original language means to agree with God. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to agree with God on this. I'm going to, yeah, this is it. Me and God are going to be in agreement on this one. See, a time of confession is not like a time you have with a principal or, say, a police officer. I've had both on several occasions. I mean, it's not a time of investigation, right? Which is all about finding who did this or who did that, huh? Because something's been done wrong and someone has to pay for it, right? That's how we do justice. Who did it? And we find out the truth, someone has to pay for it. And Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know what I've done. You know where I'm at. And Jesus says, yeah, I do. Let's clean the cut. (laughs) Let's get into it now. Jesus wasn't into finding out the truth. He knew the truth. He knew what had happened. He knew Peter. He's doing it for Peter. He's bringing Peter through this process so Peter could be healed. So Peter can come to this time of mindfulness and confession and could leave one love and come to another love. Confession is the beginning of healing. Confession Is cleaning it out and removing the infection look just come before God and confess you see it for what it is call it out for what it is I'm thinking this way so you know God knows that right God's not surprised by the way you're thinking God's not surprised by what you're looking at God's not surprised by what you're harboring God's not surprised by who you're sleeping with God's not surprised by what you're putting in your body God's not surprised that you want you laughing when you shouldn't be laughing. Stop laughing. Everybody can laugh at that. <laughs> Brian's laughing too. Listen, just call it out for what it is. Go before him. He's not, he's not calling you before him for an investigation. He's not wanting to humiliate you or expose you. He is setting you free. He's, there's an affirmation of this process, and now... He's cleaning out the regret. That's what, apart from confession, apart from forgiveness, we carry regret. It's the only process known to our psyche and our emotions that can do this. It's coming from our spirit. You may be like Peter and you're steeped in regret more than you realize. You're simmering it. And in doing that, you're downgrading yourself, you're condemning yourself, you're hindering yourself. And when you do that, you have a tendency to condemn others. More than you might realize. Still a nice person, but you have a tendency to condemn others, right? You have a tendency to maybe be a bit defensive. Jesus doesn't say as we do, somebody has to pay for this. That's how we roll, right? Because, that's because we've been hurt. We, we, we've been treated unjustly, or we've made some mistakes that have hurt others, you, the more regret we have, the more hurt we're carrying. You cannot go back in time, but God's forgiveness and his love can go back in time. It does it for you when we're in this process. God wants to set you free. He is willing to go back in time for you. If you'll have this conversation with him where, where there is an affirmation and, and an acknowledgement and a confession... And all this now, this is a redemption. So don't pretend it's okay because it's not okay. Just confess, right? See it for what it is and remember who he is and remember what he's done, Jesus. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How much unrighteousness? All. Oh, we don't have to look at it. Is okay, our wrong's been done, And now someone has to pay for something because Jesus has already paid for it. That's it. It's incredible how this cross really does negate all and is the answer to everything. He's paid for our sins. There is nothing that Jesus didn't die for. Mark Batterson wrote this book called If. It's kind of like treating your regrets for God's what-if possibilities. Cool book. He says, confession is when you own sin so it does not own you. Repentance is a restraining order against regret. Come on. Somebody say, yeah. 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 Repentance is a restraining order against regret. It's not an investigation. It's not a condemnation. It's a clarity. It's a comfort. It's a confirmation of what God has done in your life and what he's calling you to do. Repentance is a lifetime. It's a way to live out your life. Confession's a moment, but that moment that Peter's going to right here is teaching him to repentance. You come to God and say, hey, let's clean out the cut. Yeah, let's do this. I know what happened, and I know I'm coming before you. And this is an investigation. You got it. You know it. I know it now. Praise God that I know it. Praise God that I know it. Praise God that I know it. And I can look at it for what it is. I don't have to live out life like this anymore. I don't have to prove myself to people. I don't have to get people's attention. I don't have to be afraid of people and live in fear. I don't have to turn around and condemn myself and condemn others. I don't have to live defensively. I don't have to control this. I can live in freedom, yes? Jesus says to Peter, hey, look at me. I know what happened. I know you had that moment, and now I want you to have another moment, a phenomenal moment, a moment that's going to move you beyond regret, Peter. Huh? A life lived in confession and repentance is a life that safeguards you from regret safeguard you from that regret settling in. Safeguard you from as life is moving forward that you're still carrying it and making decisions from it and and downgrading yourself from it or condemning others because of it. You don't have to go back there. You don't have to live back there. You cannot go back there. But God's love and forgiveness travels back in time so you don't have to. That's redemption, yes? There's a part in the Avengers um, where Tony Stark, he's uh, Iron Man and he kind of is talking to Captain America and, and he makes this statement because he's really not doing well of all of them with regrets and not only the mistakes he made but suggestions and, 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 and things he thought that they should have did and they did not do. And now he says this to Captain America. He says, yeah, I, I'm going to come and I'm going to, come with you is to try and, he's, he's going to try and help them now. He distanced himself from him. There was division, disunity. unity. He said, but here's what I want. Here's what I want to do. I'm back in. Here's what I want to do. I want to bring back what we lost. Yes, I hope. Keep what I have. Yes, at all cost. Maybe draw, maybe die. Maybe not dying would be nice, right? But last, he makes this one statement. He says, turns out resentment is corrosive and I hate it. He was, he was living there, wife, child, beautiful home, great place, kicking back in life. And he says, man, you, and, but he was living with resentment and he was living in regret. Turns out resentment is corrosive and I hate it. I'm gonna tell you, they're twins. Resentment, regret, regret, resentment. When we have regret, we resent others, we resent ourselves. It's corrosive. Hey, if we don't allow God to do what he can do, we're left condemning ourselves. We're left with a, co- corroding our spirit, the best part of us. We're left doing it to other people. It m- grows in you. It, it, it makes you defensive. It makes life so much harder to live. You need to experience the freedom that Jesus gives you. You need to have this freedom. Confession and repentance—it's a beautiful thing. I hope it's never sounded so wonderful to you. I hope you've, you've, you've never looked forward to it like you are now. I bet you. I hope you can't wait to get in your car and drive home and confess and repent. But but know this: that the whole time you're being affirmed by God. So you're my first of all fruits. The very reason you could even know and be aware of this is because I've chosen you, like we said last week, and I'm making you aware of this, of my truth, of my goodness. I'm making you aware of what I've called you to be. It's real. It's still there. It wasn't hype. I created you. I breathed my spirit into you. I made you in my image, man. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says... There was no condemnation for those who were in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. One last clip. Avengers assemble. Wham! And they go out it, huh? Yeah. You see, we see them all coming together. Right up until that moment, it was, just looked like it was over. Iron Man's wiped out. Captain America's shot. Thor is done. And this guy's going to take him, man, you know? The same guy that had wiped out half the universe with a snap. That's what happened in, in the prior movie. They were going back to try and undo what he did That in a snap, he killed half the population, all living things. And in that amongst them were some of their family members and even many of the other superheroes. Only a small portion of the, of the Avengers were left, and all the other superheroes disappeared. And now they were able to reverse that, although just about gave their lives, and they thought it was over. But little did they know that they actually had done it, and now all these other heroes are coming alongside them. And it's kind of like if you're watching it, you're seeing a highlight reel. Little by little, give you a little glimpse of what all of these people can do. You know, with the flying, right? You know, and the spears and, you know, and the, and the whoosh, and all that stuff, right? It's Kind of like, and you, you're picturing this highlight reel going on. This one can do that. I, I, I was asking my kids, who's that? Who's that? Who's this? Can't follow it all, man, but it's, it's like this like, highlight reel happening right there, and the guy, the villain, is like, uh-oh, right? I want to let you know. When we draw closer to God, he's offering us a highlight reel. As we're doing this, as we're coming closer, yeah, we're, we're confessing. We're saying, God, forgive me of my sin. And he's seeing a highlight reel. He's showing it here. Not this is who you are. This is who you are. He's saying, hey, this is all you could do. It's like, you know, any highlight reel, what does it do? If you're into sports and you're watching a highlight reel, what do you watch? A guy dropping a ball? A guy kicking and missing? Somebody going to shoot a puck and missing? No, what do you see? You see, all oh, the best, man. You see, the best. And as we're sitting there before God, pouring out our heart, God is showing us, see, all the best. The best is yet to come. That's what God is calling you to today. He's given you a highlight reel, all that he could do in you. See it, know it, feel it. He, he God, since he created you, is, is going to bring out the best in you as you give your life to him wholeheartedly. You are in a place this morning, as we all are, that we fall short. But the Bible says that God removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west, Yes? Jesus has shed his blood for you that you can have forgiveness, life changing forgiveness, that you don't have to condemn yourself or be condemned by anyone. Turn to God this morning. Your end game does not need to be one of regret. This morning, follow Jesus. Make the decision this morning to know Jesus, to live for Jesus. Receive the forgiveness that he offers for sin. Receive the freedom that he gives, not condemnation. Know that he has called you out of darkness to live in light, that he is light. Let's not live in regret. Let's not downgrade ourselves. Let's not keep going back and thinking how we could change things. It's just not, no. Let's live in repentance and confession and the affirmation of a God who gave his life for us. Let's have freedom, yes? Your end game does not need to be one of regret. Jesus has won the game. He hung on the cross. He defeated Satan. He defeated every regret you'll ever have in your life. To God be the glory.